Welcome back to the 58 West King Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Tony, and today I'm joined by my third and fourth favorite Matts, Matt Graham and Matt Kendall out of the Champions League. What's up, guys? How much? How are you? Doing good. Did you say third and fourth? I did. So who's first and second? I was afraid you'd ask, and I came prepared. Uh, so number one, Matthew McConaughey. Number two, Matt Damon. Those guys have been in a lot of good movies. You know, They tend to be in those movies that I like to watch over and over again. Reign of Fire, Interstellar, Goodwill Hunting, The Departed, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. I think you listened to uh, Matthew McConaughey's book, Green Lights. That's, that was a recent one that I really enjoyed. You really need to diversify your, uh, your friend name selection. This is getting really confusing for you. <laughs> uh, I'm calling bullshit on Matthew McConaughey's book, or at least part of it. There's no way that what seven-year-old or 10-year-old Matthew McConaughey broke into a lumber yard, stole enough lumber to build a 15-story treehouse in the middle of the night. I'm calling bullshit. It was probably a stack of wood next to a tree, and he, and he green-lighted his imagination. The guy's writing a book. Come on. You got it. You got to pump those numbers up. I enjoyed the book. I'm not saying I didn't. I did like the book. Am I the only one that didn't read the book or listen to the book, I suppose? Listen to it. It's a pretty good listen. You sent me that clip, that like little screenshot of a portion of the book, and I was like, I need to read this, and then I just <laughs> forgot about it. Nate recommended it to me, and I think Matt as well. Highly recommend you listen to it, just because it's his voice, so it really adds, <laughs> yeah. to the, Sold. adds to it. There's definitely some exaggeration in it. All right, so Matt, it's been a while since we've had you on. I feel like you've gotten taller. What's your secret? I'll tell you what. Sure, shit isn't the vegetables or milk. I would say it's probably the Code Red Mountain Dew that makes up about 35% of my diet. You heard it here, kids. If you want to get big and strong like me, cut out the vegetables, up the red number five. That's the secret ingredient. That was a staple in my diet, like right out of high school playing Halo. Like that kept us up all night. I was a Baja Blast. My first job was uh, Taco uh, Bell. So okay. <laughs> that's also why I was 230 pounds and had to lose about 30 to join the Air Force. I was in the same boat. 230 sounds so, so big. Oh man, I hope I get there someday. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a shot? That's the two that's, T's kicking in already. Jesus. I, I, I didn't realize, I didn't like, I mean, obviously I realized I was gay, I was getting hefty, getting husky as uh, the nineties department stores would say. <laughs> but, uh, you know, when you see like diet commercials and they're like the before body and I'm like, I'll take it. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> sign me up for the before, but I don't even need the after body. I'm good with the before body. How do I get to that? That's good. All right. On tap for us today, we have our wide receiver two recap, getting into those for 2020, followed by a brand new segment. I'm excited for this one, Matt's management malpractices. And based on your guys' messages in our group chat, uh, I'm excited. I have no idea what to expect, so looking forward to that one. Before we start talking business, though, Matt has a game for us. You don't know me, but I know you. I want to play a game. All right, guys, this is Do You Want to Play a Game? Pop Culture Edition. We will do the wide receiver edition in episode 75. Um, so I have five, they're not questions, but I have five things. So I'll say, you know, this actor's been in this amount of movies. And then you guys have to both guess. You guys both get guesses. Whoever's closest wins. First person to say their number gets that number in case you guys both happen to know it. So Price is Right rules. If you go over the number, it goes to Tony. You're shaking your head. You don't like the prices, right? It's an American staple. Is it so? Same thing. We can guess for the hint. One guess, and then we're done for that hint. It, there's no hint. I, I'm like you'll see as soon as we go. You, there's you're not going to need hints. You're just going to guess a number. Okay, got it. You may know the number. You may not know the number. All right, first one. Starting it off easy. How many Star Wars movies are there? Feature films that went in theaters. Tony. Eleven. 
11. What is your guess, Sir Kendall? Oh man. So I'm really bad with star Wars, more of a, my little ponies guy. And I feel like he probably <laughs> locked it right in because he raised his hand. So I'm going to price his right. It and go one. Ooh, uh, it is 12. Ah, it is 12. Really? Tony, there is a, uh, yeah, I've, I didn't even realize this. I would have guessed 11 too. There was an animated clone Wars movie that came out in theaters in 2008 leading into the clone Wars TV show. That oh okay. yeah. Hentai doesn't um, count. So, so, yeah. <laughs> so 12, but Tony got that one. All right. Number two, how many James Bond movies are there? Not including the upcoming film. No time to die. Are we just alternating where I get the first guess this time? Sure. That's fair. Absolutely. I'm going 11. Okay. It's definitely more than 11. I'll go 12. <laughs> it is 24. I feel <laughs> yeah. like I should. I'm not giving, I'm giving Tony half a point because I can do that because I'd make this game up. So Tony gets half a point. <laughs> All right. Next one. How many Pixar feature films are there? This is, this one's hard. I'll go first though. I'll probably give you the W on this one. I'm going to say 10. I'll go 11. Uh, the answer is 23. Jesus. Going to give Kendall a full point because, again, I make up the rules. <laughs> just feeling sorry for me at this point. <laughs> nope. I don't like that Tony keeps winning things just in general. I didn't have to be pertaining to this. Okay. I can't wait uh, until we go head-to-head in one of these. I cannot I'm going to get smoked, man. Like, <laughs> It's fine, though. I think the only thing I'm better at than you is Halo. You're That's pretty good at Halo. Pretty good That's Halo. probably it. Uh, how many IMDb actor credits does Samuel L. Jackson have? I think it's you, Matt, first. I'll give you a hint. It's way more than you would possibly yeah, think. I, I was going to go, uh, I was going to go, because he plays, okay, 42. Oh, okay, it's higher 42. than that. 43. It is 193. <laughs> yeah, I knew it was over 100. I'm giving Cosentino another, I'll give him a half point. So now he's at two. Matt's at one. You could tie it up here, sir. How many Marvel movies have been released to date? Is this me? This one me first? Mm-hmm. I'm going to say 23. That's an admirable guess. God, they pump them out so fast. Yeah, those first few phases, there was a ton. Oh, do I go lower or higher? Uh, we'll, go, we'll go one. Okay, <laughs> the answer is 23. Oh. And I was so sad watching you guess higher. It didn't matter. It did not matter if you went higher or lower. I've seen all of them on the head. at least like three times. Oh, man. So, yeah, Tony takes the W again. Way to go. That's right. Is that four? So proud of you. Is that four? That's no. Four. I think we played four. Oh. Yeah. Recount. I think mine was actually worth four <laughs> points and his were each worth a half. Cause I think you're right. I think you're right. I think we're going to have to look, I'll, uh, I'll throw this, I'll throw this to the Senate and we'll figure it out. <laughs> don't think that's how this works, but then again, you do make the rules. So maybe it does. I don't know, but thanks for that, Matt. Next up here is the wide receiver two recap for 2020 back in episodes 41 through 43. We predicted who we thought would end up in the top 36 at the position. Well, we've been tracking how our picks went all season, and now we're going to find out who the wide receiver two receivers are and how bad we were at predicting these finishes. You guys ready? Let's go. Looks like a green line. Green line. All right, we'll start it off with our first stranger, Deontay Johnson. None of us had him ranked inside our top 36, hence the name Stranger. Deontay finished 2020 with 88 catches for 923 receiving yards and seven touchdowns. He also led the league in drops with 10. The volume Deontay got in 2020 was high, 144 targets on a team with Juju and Chase Claypool, who both saw over 100 themselves. What do you guys got? Well, the uh, Steelers completely abandoned the run game. I don't know if it was due to James Conner's inefficiency. They tried to run through the air with just short screen game passes, and he still couldn't catch the easy ones. Uh, But 
Johnson definitely benefited from that. He could have had a much bigger year if he didn't suffer from the back injuries and uh, as the aforementioned drops. Yeah, you know, the Steelers do what any wise team does. Look to your aging quarterback to to put it on his shoulders and his arms, especially coming off Tommy John surgery. Worked out well for them, sure. All right, next up in the number 23 spot is our second stranger, Mr. Robbie Anderson. He wrapped up his first season in Carolina with 95 catches for 1,096 yards. He added three touchdowns and was also forced to take some NFL mascot sensitivity training. So as we'll get to a little bit later, I was a huge DJ Moore believer. I thought Anderson would be the deep threat and uh, more of the possession check down receiver. And we know that Teddy didn't enjoy throwing past the line of scrimmage, but Matt Rule and the Anderson connection from college ran deep. Uh, He had a much bigger role than I thought. He did taper off towards the end of the year, though. Started off really hot. I think I was just down on, I think it was just down on Teddy B. Teddy KGB Bridgewater. I just, uh, Teddy Two Gloves, whatever you want to call him. You got a lot of nicknames. Get them all Um, out there. Yeah, I, I just... I don't know. I didn't, I didn't think that that offense, and I also thought Christian McCaffrey would have been healthy the whole season. So I, I didn't think that they were going to support two top thir- two top 24 wide receivers. I thought DJ Moore would have been the guy. Christian McCaffrey would have been the guy and it would have went on from there. So. Yep. Agreed. Our number 22 was CD lamb yet another stranger. These guys keep sneaking in here. Uh, lamb finished 2020 with 74 catches on 110 targets, totaling 935 yards and five touchdowns through six games. He had two 100 yard games and a two touchdown game, and he was averaging six catches a game. So I think he would have finished a lot higher had Dak stayed on the field. Yeah, that's exactly what I said. If Dak didn't get injured, I think that Justin Jefferson wouldn't be the talk of the rookie class. I think he's still the most talented rookie wide receiver in this class. And if the Cowboys can lock up Dak Prescott, I'm excited for his future. They're, they're for sure not going to wrap up Dak Prescott, especially after the whole news came out today that Russell Wilson isn't asking for a trade. But if he were to be traded, the Cowboys are one of the teams on his list. So, you know, Jerry Jones was like, F Dak, let's get Russ in here. Let's cook. I actually, uh, I really like CeeDee Lamb. I thought, I mean, I, I didn't rank him high enough for him to be in his lists, um, but I did have, you know, that first game, you just saw that passing attack and you're like, holy shit. They're going to have three top 12. I mean, they probably could have, honestly, if Dak was stayed healthy the whole season. Um, there's no reason they shouldn't have because Zeke started to taper off and they were they were cooking. And then, well, Dak got hurt. We'll see what happens. But CeeDee Lamb's very talented. All right. In at number 21 was Juju Smith-Schuster. He was our consensus number 10. I was the highest at nine. Kendall, you had him at 14. And Matt, you ranked him at 10. He ended 2020 with 97 catches on 128 targets for 831 and nine touchdowns. Juju has seen his average yard per target dip each of the past four seasons as Big Ben has gotten older and that team's offense has kind of evolved around that. Uh, It was a career low for Juju in 2020 at 6.5. I personally was higher on Juju and what I didn't account for was the emergence of Deontay and then Chase Claypool coming on the scene. Yeah, as you stated, I was the lowest on him. I, I just don't believe he's an elite wide receiver one. I still don't think he is. Uh, He grades very poorly against press coverage. If he gets jammed at the line, he's pretty much done for that play. Uh, He is an amazing two if he has one, uh, if he can play in the slot. Yeah, I I think he settled into exactly what we probably should have known he would be, and that is a premier wide receiver two. Um, That being said, it didn't help that, you know, that offense started revolving around, as Matt um, referred to earlier, that screen game, that quick pass game. Um, and Juju just was a decoy for a lot of that time, just to pull at least one defender, maybe two off the line of scrimmage and in coverage as Chase Claypool runs for four touchdowns against the Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> Are you crying? Is that a tear? What is that? Yeah. No. Onions? Is that the onions? No. I like, I like Chase Claypool, but I don't like him. So fair enough. Fantasy Matt likes him. Football Matt does not. Nate loves him. 
he would tell you he went to a very prestigious university. All right, Terry McLaurin was the number 20 wide receiver. He was our consensus 21, so we're pretty damn close here. His 2020 campaign included 87 catches on 134 targets for 1,100 yards and four touchdowns. Those numbers are impressive considering the musical quarterback game. Ron Rivera played all season there. We all deserve a pat on the back, though, as we are all within one or two of his final landing spot. My man, get this guy a gold jacket. Uh, If he had a legitimate quarterback, I think the – Sky's the limit for this guy. I was really low on him, but as the offseason went on, I got really high on Terry when I looked at what he did in his rookie year compared to so many other rookies. If the football team can secure a quarterback upgrade through the draft or through free agency, I'll be taking him much higher than where he finished this year. Heineke. Heineke's the answer. Heineke's going to get Scary Terry up to at least wide receiver number 19, 18. Kendall's furiously shaking his head no. <laughs> I said the sky's the limit. I meant the top of a two-story building. Okay. That is the limit. <laughs> I thought for sure you're going to drop a prestigious university on Terry. Right. You but... just did it with Chase Claypool. I, I, I couldn't take it. All right. Next up is DJ Moore, who came in at number 19. He was our consensus 15. I had him at 14, Kendall at 13, and then Matt, you were the closest at 17. He finished 2020 with 66 receptions on 118 targets for nearly 1,200 yards and four touchdowns. So solid numbers considering the production Robbie Anderson had alongside him. Well, we kind of touched on him with Robbie Anderson, but if you guys remember back to when we did this ranking, my bold prediction is that DJ Moore would lead the league in yards after catch. I think he has the skill set to do that. Well, that didn't happen. That was Alvin Kamara. Uh, He was a little inconsistent uh, being the downfield threat for Teddy Bridgewater. We actually saw his numbers go up when Teddy was injured and they uh, brought it. Who was it? PJ Walker, CFL quarterback, XFL quarterback. But uh, he was a little inconsistent, uh, but I I would still have him as a wide receiver 15, especially if Curtis Samuel leaves and that gives DJ Moore some extra targets. You're also with a guy like that. You're open for some positive touchdown regression for him next year. Four touchdowns is low. Robbie Anderson obviously got the majority of the touchdowns out of that wide receiver group. DJ Moore is the the explosive guy that you know you're hoping gets six, seven, eight touchdowns, and then he's right there um, creeping up on the top twelve. So concur. All right, Chase Claypool was our fourth stranger. Uh, that's like a stranger for all of us, including Nate. Nate gets one too. Claypool finished 2020 in the 18th spot. He had 62 catches on 109 targets for 873 yards and nine touchdowns, uh, half of those against the Eagles. A pleasant surprise this season, and with a likely departure of Juju, I'm looking at Claypool to build on that 2020 next season. Yeah, Toads didn't see this one coming. Uh, I guess I need to scout rookies more, but for years now, the 2020 draft class was being touted as possibly one of the best wide receiver classes in all time. And you can kind of see that through the rankings and the ones that we'll get through. But in general, I think it's a pretty good idea to ignore them and redraft the leagues, which is what we were doing, but had himself a year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's some excellent rookie wide receivers. The only one that really wasn't that good was one the Eagles got, Jalen Rager. Um, (laughs) It's more to do with the offense as a whole probably. But, yeah, Chase Claypool uh, going next year, I think I would probably still rank Deontay Johnson higher than Claypool. We'll see what happens. I, I, I kind of like Deontay Johnson's skill set better, but he had a good year. He had half of his touchdowns in one game against the Eagles. Good for him. <laughs> All right. The number 17 receiver was Marvin Jones. He exceeded our expectations as he was our consensus 33. I had him at 33, Kendall at 34, and then Matt, you had him at 35. He had 76 receptions for 978 and nine touchdowns. Uh, I'm chalking this up to Kenny Galladay and those smooth routes. 
not being on the field for most of 2020. Who? Marvin Jones. <laughs> so with Jones, when we started this stuff, I was like, skip Kenny Galladay, go for Jones because he's the value later in the draft. That didn't really pan out while Kenny G was on the field. But uh, once Kenny G got injured, it was pretty much the TJ Hawkinson and Marvin Jones show. The Detroit Lions has a terrible defense. And they really just needed to come back, and that's what he excels at. I mean, the Lions ended up, you know, they got Marvin Jones. Kenny Galladay went on the field as explosive. They had DeAndre Swift, and they have Matt Stafford. What do they do? They, they're going to improve their defense in the offseason? Nope, they're going to trade Matt Stafford for Jared Goff. And uh, Marvin Jones is, I don't know, he's as high as he is. It's awesome. I'm just, I'm Marvin Jones. Shrug it off. Yeah. All right, Brandon Cooks was the number 16 receiver on the year. He was another overachiever for us as we had him as our consensus 36. So I was at 35, Kendall 33, and then Matt, you had him at 36. Nice work there. 81 catches on 119 targets for 1150 and six touchdowns. I've said this before, but Cooks does two things really well. He gets traded and he gets over a thousand yards with any quarterback. Yeah. Well, we also added something else is that he always gets a concussion. And this year he was able to avoid the concussion. Still got three things. Yes. He does three things. So what team will he be on next year and score a thousand yards? I don't know. He, he definitely started off slow. He had the uh, preseason injury. I think that hampered him. Plus, you know, just a new offense, but uh, Will Fuller is not going to be around for the first couple games because he likes the PEDs. Uh, but I don't think this matters if Watson doesn't play like I'm not going to take Savage led off. I don't even know who the backup is anymore. I'm not going to take whoever it is with uh, Brandon Cooks. I, I read a tweet today from Greeny at ESPN. I'm not usually a huge fan of his, but he said that uh, everyone knows the Texans are going to trade Deshaun Watson. The only people that doesn't know that they're going to trade Deshaun Watson is the Texans. <laughs> <laughs> like everyone knows it. Watson knows it. Everyone knows it except for the Texans. I don't know what they're going to do. Um, I, I thought Brandon, I thought Will Fuller would be. Playing the whole season, obviously, it turns out Will Fuller can stay healthy only when taking performance-enhancing drugs, so that's unfortunate. Um, and I thought Brandon Cooks would get hurt. He didn't. Good for him. Um, and he had a good year. But, yeah, he's always been consistent catching the ball, getting a few yards after the catch. And, hey, he had a six touchdowns, so good for him. Are we sure Bill O'Brien still isn't pulling strings over there? Like, have we confirmed that? We either haven't confirmed that or we haven't confirmed that it was the organization, not Bill O'Brien. Maybe Bill O'Brien was just <laughs> taking shots for the Texans, man. Bill O'Brien is in Alabama and Tuscaloosa right now. Like, guys, it wasn't me. Our whole segment is a lie. Well, no, content's king. It's fine. But yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. I have to rethink some things. I have to change all my worldviews. Maybe I'm religious now. I don't know. Bill O'Brien still has Fair a enough. few tricks left up in his butt chin. <laughs> Did I ever tell you that... Uh, I was trash talking Bill O'Brien one day on the floor, uh, on our ops floor. And one of the guys on the crew that day was like a linebacker for Penn State and was like an absolute Bill O'Brien fan because he used to work under Bill O'Brien while he was in Penn State right after uh, Jerry Sandusky touched everyone in the world. And so that was a very awkward conversation to kind of like backpedal. Well, I didn't mean Bill O'Brien's that bad, but... uh, I mean, maybe he could just be a little bit better at managing people. He needs our tips for the next one. Bill Brown's coaching career, as I was looking up for last segment, is fascinating. Like, he played at Brown and then went from playing at Brown to directly being a coach at yeah. Brown. So he graduated college as a player, not a starter, and then just turned into a coach and then was with Brown for a while and then did, you know, and then did, went on from there. Um, he obviously was the savior of Penn State. I mean, more or less. He definitely, yeah. it's like the, it's like a much worse 
sadder and more tainted version of we are marshall like it wasn't a plane crash necessarily but it was a it was a train wreck to say the least and he came in and he propped the team up they won some games so definitely i'm not saying he didn't earn where he got but just wild and we might need to dig deeper into bill o'brien we might need a different segment just to cover bill o'brien there's a definitely a story there and matt you probably almost died when you were talking smack about bill o'brien because that, that dude's big yeah, i've seen massive him. he was on like the <laughs> titan games or something with the rock like yeah his, him and his brother right yeah his life is so much cooler than mine yeah all right amari cooper was in at number 15 and as usual it didn't feel that good at all he was our consensus 11 uh, i had him at 13 kendall you were very high on him at nine and then matt you had him at 12 so he ended 2020 with 92 receptions on 130 targets for just over 1,100 yards and five touchdowns. So a good year. And just like with CD, it could have been a lot better uh, had Dak been under center all season. Yeah, I mean, this is just a tale of two different quarterbacks. Like he was consistent with Dak. He was the clear number one read. He's getting paid as the number one read. Um, whether that changes as CD Lamb grows as a sophomore receiver, I don't know, but as you said, he has inconsistency problems. So even though he'll finish in this range almost every year, it's one of those people that may hurt your team more often. So I'll probably miss out on him uh, if he's getting drafted too high. Same way. Yeah, I think Kendall was right on him at nine, had Dak stayed healthy. I think that's probably the right call. Maybe even, probably might have been even a little bit higher yeah. based on how that defense was not playing, as in they were not playing at all. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, not a terrible season for him. But again, it didn't feel top end wide, wide receiver two range. Yep. And that's the norm. All right. So the number 14 receiver was a guy whose jockstrap none of us could hold. That was Keenan Allen. He was our consensus number 20. He finished 2020 with 100 catches on 147 targets for just under a thousand yards and eight touchdowns. Uh, I'm not holding this against us as we assumed Tyrod would be at quarterback most of the year. And then none of us anticipated just how good uh, Justin Herbert would be. None of us anticipated uh, Tyrod getting his lung punctured either. Yeah. I, uh, that's kind of what Tyrod does is he uh, gets a rookie quarterback drafted after him. He plays about four games, gets an injury, and then has to sit on the bench for the rest of the season. Same thing happened when he was with the Browns. But I dubbed Keenan Allen my scariest person to draft, and it was just that Tyrod Taylor stink on it. Like uh, The coaching staff, even after he was injured, uh, was hesitant to put Justin Herbert into the starting lineup. But as long as he stays healthy and Herbert is behind center, He's a locked and loaded number one to me. For sure. I've said it before. He's my favorite wide receiver. I love the way the guy plays. Head down. I, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of wide receivers that play, obviously. The, but I just I, for what, I just feel like Keenan Allen has more heart. Like, he's come back from so many injuries. And, like, he yeah. was a top-end wide receiver one several years ago. Got injured the next year. Still ended up decent when he got back on the field. Almost missed the entire season. And then he comes back again. He's just doing it again and again and again. So, um, I love that guy. So, happy he ended up where he did. Would have been higher, hopefully, if uh, Herbert played the whole season. Yeah, 100 catches on almost 150 targets. And I think he missed a little bit of time towards the end of the year, too. So, Impressive numbers from him. Again, uh, our final receiver for today's episode was Robert Woods at the number 13 spot. He was our consensus 12, and the only one off by a lot here was Kendall, who had him at seven. Come on, Matt. Uh, Woods ended his 2020 campaign with 90 catches on 129 targets for 936 yards and six touchdowns. He also had 24 carries for 155 and two touchdowns on the ground. What do you guys got? Yeah, so as you said, I, I was the highest on Woods, and I really thought that what we saw at the end of the 2019 season with the Rams utilizing the two tight end sets, that would push Cup to the outside. And Cup isn't an outside wide receiver. He's a slot guy. 
And we did see Cup's numbers drop a little bit, but uh, we didn't see Wood's target increase in correlation with that. However, uh, he did get more touchdowns this year. I think he only had like one or two the year prior. Uh, But I'll be interested if Matthew Stafford, if, if this will improve or change the offense much. Stafford doesn't historically use tight ends, whether that was a Sean McVay thing. And, you know, if Woods is on the outside, then I think that uh, Stafford will probably be an upgrade for Woods next year. I'll probably still be too high on Woods next year. If I had to pencil Woods in right now, I'd say top seven next year with Stafford under center, if he stays healthy the whole year. Um, I like Woods' game, especially with a quarterback that can sling it downfield like that. Um, but yeah, Robert Woods had a good year. I mean, we talked about it you know, when we did this episode that we were hoping for positive touchdown regression. As you alluded to, he only had two touchdowns last year. Uh, had a much better year this year, which, you know, as a fantasy, I had him in two leagues. I had him in both my leagues, and I was very happy to have him. Because um, like you get him in the third, fourth round, I think I got him. And he ended up being uh, yep. almost borderline wide receiver one. So uh, good year out of him, and hopefully it goes up next year with a better quarterback. I will say also that I don't think that I saw the Rams defense being as good as it was last year. You know, shout out to Staley, who's now the head coach of the Chargers. But, yep. yeah, I, I thought even with Ramsey, I just thought as many people as they lost and how many picks they were out that they weren't going to be able to hold it together, and they did. Yeah, Staley's gone. We're going to lose a couple of those guys to free agency. So maybe the defense takes a step back. I assume it will. So I'm still going to be high on Bob Woods uh, going into 2021. All right, that does it for the wide receiver two group of players. Before we move on, let's go ahead and take a quick break. Bud Light presents Real Men of Genius. Real Men of Genius. Mr. Buy a $4,000 sound system and put in a 2005 Honda Accord. You can afford a 2005 Accord. You can afford a $3,000 sound system. You don't pay child support. That's okay. Hopefully your health insurance covers hearing aids down in the future because your hearing is going to go. But hey, guess what? Cheers to you, sir. Everybody on the freeway can hear your bumping of Eminem from the early 2000s. Real man of genius. Bud Light Beer, Anheuser-Busch, St. Louis, Missouri. All right, welcome back. We're debuting a new segment here. Matt's management malpractices. As you know, here at the 58 West King headquarters, we're big on helping folks out with tips and tricks, life hacks, and we never shy away from sharing advice. This segment is no different, and I'm fortunate enough to have two high-profile managers on with me today to help me deliver the goods. So take it away, Matt's. Okay, so look, when you're in a management position, the biggest thing you can do is be there for your subordinates. That means not being behind your desk the entire day. That means making small talk with them, getting out there on the floor. Go to the lunchroom, have lunch with them at the cafeteria. Talk about their day. If they need to use the restroom, follow them to the restroom. A lot of good conversations happen at the urinal. Randomly show up at their house with a six-pack of beer. Nothing too fancy, though. You don't want to rub it in their face how much more you make than them because your management... I remember this one time, one of my subordinates, I was following her on Facebook. She was getting married the next day. I saw they checked in at a local bar for a bachelorette party. You know what I did? I showed up to the bar unannounced and uninvited. You should have seen how surprised she was. I think she was a little uh, taken back because uh, she's never had a manager or a supervisor that's just cared so deeply for her in her entire life. I think it's all about going the extra mile for your people. I'm going to use that. That's uh, good advice. (laughs) Thank you. So, um, yeah, you know, that's being there for your people is great. I also look, everyone remembers that manager they had that micromanaged the shit out of them. Right. 
that was, you know, calling you every two seconds. Hey, is this done? Did you get this done? Don't forget to do this. Don't forget to do this. And it's like, hey, man, you pay me to do a job. Let me do my job. Stop overbearing and coming over the top of me and reminding me to do things that I know I need to do. So I've, I've, I've enacted my own management fashion. It's called macro managing and where I don't tell my people to do anything. I don't check in on them at all. And you know what? They don't get the work done. That's not okay. I don't, I'm not just a laid back guy though. I also write them up. I fired hundreds of people all the time because no one can seem to get what they need to get done. But hey, I give them the power and the ability to do what they need to do. And they choose not to do it. Fuck them. They're gone. It's fine. But I highly recommend macro managing. I, I also only spend about one and a half to two hours a, a day at work. I get out of there as quickly as possible because no one wants to work when the boss is around. Everybody knows that more work gets done when the boss is not around. So uh, that's how I run. That's how I run my ship. Very loose, but also with a, with a heavy hand. This is America. Sink or swim. If you have to be coddled and handheld to do your job, you're not worth it. Get fired. Get out of here. Some turds float. Some turds make it out of the toilet. Some turds just go right down the chute. So that is what it is. Solid advice, guys. Really good advice. I, I, I wrote a couple of those down. Yeah, this was, uh, this was Matt's management malpractices. Stay tuned for volume two. Spoiler alert, sexual harassment isn't as bad as they tell you it is. <laughs> nice. I like the preview for the next one. That's good. I'd like to you know, give a shout out to Nate, Nate Molinay. He's been on the last few episodes. We, he did running backs with us. Um, you know, We love what he's doing over at Taco Corp. He just released the much anticipated Anthony Cotton episode. I don't even know who Anthony Cotton is. But there was a lot of tension built um, from Tony. Apparently, this was recorded eight months ago. And like a fine wine, Molinay just let it simmer and sit in the barrel and age to perfection. And it is now ready for your listening pleasure. So go ahead and listen to that wherever you were listening to this podcast episode. It aged well. I listened to it the moment it hit my phone. As soon as I saw the notification, I just hit play. I listened to it on the way to work while getting ready on the drive home. It was good. It was good. Definitely recommend listening to that. So for our other ad here, the only thing cooler been playing in a fantasy football league with over a decade of heritage is being part of a champions league that combines the top three teams out of four high profile, high stakes storied leagues that compete in dynasty format. That's what we do with our leagues. 58 West King, OGV, that's Matt's league, Taco Corp, that's Nate's league, and Meaty Clackers, that's Brandon Beisner's league. If that tickles your fancy, then go check out the Champions Dynasty podcast for updates commentary in the league and some additional quality content i just have one question which league won it last year i forget i'd have to check i don't i don't really recall i just checked it it, it was ogv son of a bitch you son of a bitch what place did you finish matt <laughs> just curious i just closed out of that window i don't remember <laughs> it was 11th was it 11th inconclusive it was 11th all right i love that you wipe my face <laughs> in the champions league every episode we do you promote this awesome league that i, I can't be a part of because i suck at fantasy football <laughs> i don't suck for the people listening to this you should definitely keep listening to this fantasy football podcast i do know what i'm talking about but i also do not win my fantasy football league very often so listen our league is competitive uh we very rarely have like back-to-back -back years of success right so there's only one repeat winner and we've been around for 12 years there's a lot of parody a lot of competition it's a tough league to dominate you have a championship, so nothing to be ashamed of. But back to what I was talking about, the Champions Dynasty podcast. That's linked in the show notes, so go check that out. All right, that does it for us. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at 58WKingPodcast. Uh, Matt, thank you for your hard work and dedication. Matt, please work on your preparation for these. Uh, really, really bad performance. Uh, any parting words, guys? Um, I could be both, honestly. So I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to remain positive and say that I did do a good job. Um, and you're welcome. The narcissist in me uh, refuses to accept any criticism. So I assume 
the the good parts were about me. Maybe you were talking about Matt Damon and Matthew McFucking McConaughey when you talk about the Matt who could have done better. Maybe those are the guys. Uh, one of you was definitely bad. I'm not going to point fingers, though, so I'll leave it at that. On our next episode, we'll cover the wide receiver one group of players, so please keep an eye out for that. Uh, we'll talk to you guys then. Goodbye. Ta-ta. Aloha. Sayonara. Did you guys listen to Nate's most recent episode of the Taco Court Fantasy Football League podcast? I started it. I haven't finished it. With AJ? Yeah. No, I haven't listened to the whole thing yet. (laughs) It's long. It's like, I think, two hours, but... Spoiler, at some point, <laughs> Nate talks to AJ about when he lost his virginity. And I was just thinking, like, I don't know if I'd admit that, like, over the airwaves. <laughs> he did, though. He did. So definitely check that out. Must listen to. Must listen. Would you guys reveal, mm-hmm. like, when you lost your virginity? Is, this, is it, like, a closely held secret? No, not at all. No. As soon as I do, I'm probably going to brag on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so do you remember those messages that like people used to write in bathroom stalls, like call such and such for a good time. Do you guys remember those? No, yes. that's not how AJ did it. Did he? <laughs> no way. So, well, I did, I did that a long time ago. Did I ever tell you about this, Matt? That you wrote your, I know you used to do stuff like this. <laughs> allegedly. To, to people. Allegedly. Yeah. Showed up to an address. Uh, happened to be an orgy. It's crazy. Um, redheads, blondes, brunettes, short, tall, Skinny, bigger. Yeah, it was crazy, man. No girls ever showed up, but we had a good time. <laughs> well, well played. One time, Tony, um, we were at, uh, I think we were at Rainforest Cafe in Disneyland, downtown Disney. And there was a waitress. Tony drew my character on the napkin and my phone number. And she, spoiler alert, she did not call. <laughs> she, uh, she probably realized that the picture looked better than the real thing mm. and decided against it. So I would just blame Tony. The picture was too good. My bad. <laughs>